Hey, Chair City Church, good to see you out there. We're about halfway through the summer of 2020, and it's a summer that we'll never forget. I do believe we're going to take some good, uh, fond memories out of this summer, really, in the midst of all of the challenges and what's going on. Now, I want to talk with you today about a characteristic that if you had in your life, I think would make a huge difference for you. And, and that's because you, like me, have learned a principle that most things worthwhile are harder than you expected. If you haven't heard that, you've lived that. Now, it's true at all levels in life. I mean, middle schoolers, uh, teenagers, high schoolers, you, know, you, you want to get a certain grade in a class to accomplish something, it's harder than you expect. You, you set out to, for a part-time job to save some money, wow, harder than I expected. What about just trying to stay healthy? I saw a sign not too long ago, and it said, I've been on a diet for two weeks. I've lost 14 days. It's harder than we expected to stay healthy. Marriage, yeah, mm -hmm. harder than we expected. I know some of you are dating right now or engaged and and you're thinking, well, you know, that applies to everybody else, not, not us. We've got a really special, powerful love. And, and, and others are thinking, okay, well, when the financial pressures or stress comes and, and, and life's conflict and challenges upon you, sexual frustrations, uh, how about just, you know, seeing it all through through the health challenges and maybe even into the end of the nursing homes, uh, should they be? It just, at times, it all is harder than we expected. Raising kids, uh-huh, we have four. It, it, it's harder than I expected, certainly harder than what my mother-in-law told me. It's certainly a lot more money than what my mother-in-law told me as well. Being married to a pastor, uh, yeah, that's a lot harder than Christy expected, right? Maybe just being married to me was a lot harder than she expected. Almost 25 years, I think we're like I don't know, six or seven, well, yeah, yeah, less than seven weeks away, I think. September 2nd, 25 years, wow. Listen, it's harder than we expect to keep our faith strong in times of chaos and difficulty, and especially in the middle of the summer. And all of this because, or said another way, it's because that things are harder than we expect that you and I need this characteristic that I'm calling spiritual grit. I want, I want you to get that, spiritual grit. It'll make a huge difference in your life today. And we see this characteristic in the lives of persons in the Bible. You say, Dave, what, what is spiritual grit? Spiritual grit is the encouragement and the endurance of Jesus in our lives. A few, a few weeks back, I talked about knowing God's voice, and last week we talked about convictions. You know, the, the more, if you know God's voice, you are going to be more likely to be sensitive and aware of the convictions that God places in our hearts. Now, if you are aware of those convictions, I do believe it's important to live them out in your life. And, and for, in order to do that well, you need spiritual grit. Right now, I want you to imagine what your life would look like if you had the encouragement and endurance of Jesus. It would do so much to change your life for you to overcome 
your circumstances and, and where you are, for you to grow. I mean, you, you just want to grow. Whether you're in a pit of despair right now or things are going really good, either way, you want to grow. You never want to stop growing. Let's read Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. I want you to just say that with me. Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy, which is encouragement, Set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart, so that you will not be discouraged, rather become encouraged. Jesus had encouragement and endurance. He made it through the cross and to the throne. Let's dwell in encouragement. It's what Jesus did. Now, what does Satan do? Your enemy, your adversary, he dwells in discouragement. It's his greatest tool of all. Satan will try and discourage you to bring you to be downcast, to bring you to a place of hopelessness. You know, I just can't take it anymore. I've gone as far as I can. I just don't see how we're going to be able to afford that or, or pay that. Or I can't be a good dad, a husband, a wife. I just can't keep this together. I can't get the grades that I'll need. I just can't trust God financially in this area. So what's the point of this whole faith thing? I'm just, I'm just afraid. I don't have hope. And this is from Satan, and it's a form of his discouragement being poured into your life. When you get discouraged, you don't endure, you end things. You've seen it happen in your life. Some things might have, been ended, might have ended that had potential. But God is with you now. Let's move forward. Things are going to be harder than you expect. Things have been harder than you expected. Satan is discouraging you and will continually try to do that. You know, lately more than usual, I'm referring back to, you know, when we started a church nine, ten years ago. And really, as I've said, Chris and I were in this extraordinary, challenging place. Our lives were upside down as we prepared to plant the church, as we came upon closer and closer to the date that we wanted to see it happen. Now, I have talked about the moment where God called me specifically to start the church in Gardner. And when God did that, did he remove all the challenges and all the difficulties? No, no, no. It was a lot harder than I expected, especially after having that affirmation of God of where to plant it and obeying him. Was it encouraging to hear from God? Absolutely. To know the direction with such affirmation on, that we should go? To know who our provider would be, yes, that was very encouraging. If God called us, we believed he would provide it for us, and he did. And he'll do the same for you. Now, about a year later from that time, give or take, after a year of such difficulty, many, I sort of came to the end. And I really came to a place of, I don't know, maybe quitting. Really, what I concluded was that the church plant was not going to happen. We would not start a church. And that all of this that was happening was really more about me growing 
as a person, as a husband, as a dad, and just a child of God. But, but I really did not see the church happening. And, and I really, I even again question if that was actually God's will. God's will more so was just to see me grow closer to him. And so I called a person named Nick Fittado. Nick's now on our board, and he is currently the superintendent of the Southern New England Network uh, of the Assemblies of God. He, that's about, he oversees about 200 churches, 500 ministers. And I called Nick, and I told him of all my sufferings and difficulty, and I told him the time had come now for me to quit. And, and, and Nick, as he does so well, he heard me out, and he talked with me, and he helped me look past the current circumstances to remember God's call on my life and also God's direction and guidance to plant the church here in Gardner. And he reminded, he reminded me that all good ministry comes from good relationships and that he considered me a friend. He spoke encouragement into my life. Now, did Nick remove all the challenges? No, I mean, he provided some immediate relief, but no, he did not. Were there still huge challenges and difficulties ahead for us? Yes, there were. Did everything work out as smooth as I hoped and thought it would after my conversation with Nick? No, no, no. It was harder than I expected. But God, the Holy Spirit, you see that God, Holy Spirit, the same God that gave Jesus the power to endure, it's the same God that poured encouragement into me, pours encouragement into you, so that me and you, that we would endure and see God's calling lived out in our lives. Go to God. He'll give you that encouragement. He'll enable you to endure. And when I say he gives it to you, meaning it's not like a bam magic wand, he he sort of develops it in you. He he grows it in you. He he grow your growing spiritual grit. Yeah, you're going to have those challenges, but know that God is sovereign and there's something greater on the other side of all that, and that's encouraging. So, I want to look at the relationship between Jesus and Peter in the Bible. And when we do that, let's keep a couple of things in mind. One, God's calling is harder than expected. And two, prayer is more powerful than expected. So we see in this relationship between Jesus and Peter, we see Jesus coming into Peter's life. Uh, and, and at the time they meet, for the first time, Peter is you know, trying to fish, throwing his nets overboard. Jesus tells him, okay, don't throw your net there. Throw it over here. Peter does. And he brings in a whole bunch of fish. Peter is in awe at what he sees as his most powerful rabbi. And then Jesus looks at Peter and says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Meaning what he was saying there is, follow me and I will enable you to capture the hearts and minds of men and women. That's meaning that he's telling Peter, you are going to be used by God to build the kingdom of God here on earth. This is one of the most, this is one of the most, the great reasons for our existence here on earth. Not just Peter, but you and I. There are people around us who knew Jesus. This is the mission of Chair City Church, and we can never stop doing that. Week to week now, continually, I know there's been a more of a a disruption than an interruption we're seeing is what has happened this current environment. But do not be disrupted from inviting people to come to know Jesus, from inviting people to our, our, our gatherings when we come together. Whether you could invite them to watch online, you can invite them to gather with us when we do, 
We want to see people come to know Jesus. Jesus tells Peter, I'm going to use you to bring people into my kingdom. Peter's like, man, it's just awesome. I'm, I'm humbled. I mean, that's incredible. And a short time later, Peter realizes, whoa, this calling is harder than I expected. He sees conflict and persecution. Jesus tells him, hey, I'm going to die sooner than later. Peter's like, no way, you're not going to die. And, and Jesus tells Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter's like, no way I'm going to deny you. I love you more than any of these other disciples. <laughs> Peter gets discouraged. Peter realizes this is all so much harder than I expected. Listen to what Jesus says to Peter in Luke chapter 22, verse 31 through 32. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you, has asked to sift each of you like wheat. Each of you, Jesus is referring to Peter and the other apostles. I mean, that's pretty daunting, you know, for Peter to hear. It's fairly disheartening. Like Satan has asked to sift me, meaning to grind me, to pulverize me, to take me apart, to, to shake me and rattle me, to all the faith that's in me comes out of me. Listen to what Jesus goes on to say. He says, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon Peter. Isn't that so encouraging to know? Jesus has pleaded in prayer for Peter. That's encouraging for Peter to hear. That your faith, Peter, should not fail, meaning it's going to endure. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers, uplift those around you. No matter how difficult or daunting your situation is, Jesus is praying for you. Let that settle in. He is at the right hand of your heavenly Father, and he is praying for you even right now. Jesus breathed encouragement into Peter before hardship came, before the enemy came upon Peter. There was a call on your life. There was. Could have been from prayers from a grandparent, from a parent, could have been a moment you remember that you had at a camp or at a concert or, or maybe at a, a church service. Could have been a time where you just were sitting in your home or driving and you just knew God was calling you to know him, to serve him, to build his kingdom. There was a call on your life and it is harder than you think to see it through. It's been harder than you expected, but prayer is more powerful than expected. Jesus says, I prayed for you, he tells Peter. I prayed for you. Notice Jesus didn't say, hey, Peter, I prayed that God, your heavenly father, would remove all of your problems, that he would make everything better. If he did that, Peter wouldn't have to endure. Peter could escape. Jesus doesn't call out an escape prayer. He doesn't toss out an escape prayer or an escape plan. And he doesn't do that for us either. Jesus prayed for Peter's encouragement and that as a result of that, that he would endure Jesus is praying and speaking encouragement into your life right now as you hear this message. And he's doing that not that you would escape, not that it would be easy, but for you to endure that you may now build spiritual grit. That spiritual grit will grow in you and be developed in you. Look, maybe we do tend to pray that things would get easier. I guess that's reasonable. And maybe we often pray for a way to escape what's going on. I get that. Man, I get that the last few months, four months. But what if we prayed for spiritual grit? What if we prayed to know the encouragement and endurance of Jesus? 
What if we dwelt there? What if we sat before God and didn't move until we felt encouraged by Jesus? Until we felt that we could endure one more day, that we could keep going. What would Cheer City Church look like today if we prayed for spiritual grit? Look, we got a road ahead for us. We don't know what next week brings or the week after. I mean, that's just life in general, but more than ever in these uncertain, unpredictable times. God did not call us to be comfortable right now. He did not call us to get cozy right now. God is calling us to do something incredible again. Just like he did nine years ago when we started, I am seeing so many similarities that God again is preparing us to do something great. Truly what's gone on in the nine years has been phenomenal, really. So much beyond what anyone expected. And I believe that we are coming again to a critical place now where God is moving us to something even greater. I promise you then, I promise you, as it was then, it will be harder than we expect. I promise you that Jesus is praying for us. He's praying for you. God is calling us to transformation. And and I mean transformation. God is calling us to transform our marriages. Let's not settle for less. Let's grow. God is calling us to overcome addictions. Come on, let's put it aside. The time is now. Let's grow. God is calling us to carry each other's burdens, to lift one another up. Let's grow together. It's going to be harder than you expect, but Jesus is praying for you. Prayer is more powerful than we expect. At times, we don't always value prayer like we should. Think about this scenario. You've got Jesus and Peter. They both arrive at the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus goes off in a distance and does what? He prays. Peter stays behind and does what? He sleeps. Jesus is encouraged by the Father. Peter is discouraged and misled by Satan. Jesus believes in what God has called him to. Peter betrays who God has called him to. Jesus knew this. He knew Peter would betray him. Look at the difference. Look at the power of prayer. And yet, knowing that Peter would betray Jesus, in Luke chapter 22, verse 31 through 32, Jesus speaks into Peter's life. And the sum of it is he's telling Peter, listen, you're going to fall. You're going to mess up, but you can grow. <laughs> you can, your character, your life, Peter, you can grow. My friends, you can grow. Your character, your lifestyle, your occupation, your relationships, you can grow. Who you are today is not who you need to be tomorrow. Today you can choose to grow. You can change your tomorrow right now, right here. You can change the tomorrow of your children and your grandchildren. Choose to grow. Choose to have spiritual grit. Choose to take in the encouragement and the endurance of Jesus. And he is saying to you right now, grow. Things can be hard. They will be hard, just like they were for Peter. So Jesus and Peter meet up again after Peter denies him. And once again, Peter is tossing the nets out into the ocean. He's gone back to his occupation, and he's not catching any fish. And Jesus shows out from the shore, from the beach, tells him, hey, uh, throw the nets on this side, not that side. And they do so, and they pull up, and there's a whole bunch of fish in the nets. And Peter looks, and he's like, wow, it's Jesus. And he just heads out to him. I, wanna, I want you to get this. 
It's not like Jesus knew where the fish were going to be, and that's, where he, and that's why he directed them to toss the nets there. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the apostles could have did that or got lucky. You see, it's at the word of Jesus that the fish went into the net. <laughs> it's at the word of Jesus. Jesus commanded the fish to go into the net. That's what I believe. Jesus is praying on our behalf. He is speaking words, his words, to our Father in heaven. Life is harder than expected, but Jesus is praying for us. He's speaking words of life on our behalf. Don't try and live your life or grow your life without knowing that Jesus is praying for you. You can't solve everything that's going on in your life. You can't solve everything that's going on in culture. But you can know that Jesus is praying for you. You can know that prayer is more powerful than expected. God has called you to be fishers of men and women. Just like he called Peter, don't be distracted. Don't get discouraged. Instead, grow. You know, nine years ago, I'm really, I'm like an abyss of I don't know. It's like God had just took Christy and I and he tossed us out into a lake. You know, and I can't swim, as most of you know. And really, I'm like drowning. Nine years ago, I am drowning. And I just want my feet to touch the ground. I just want some certainty. I want land. I, I, I just want to run. And I want to run away from all that's been going on. I, I, I want to kind of take some control. I, I want to find a way and make my own way out of all the difficulty. And you're thinking, Dave, well, you can't outrun God. Man, when I'm filled with fear, I'm a pretty fast guy. <laughs> I, I get going up here and then eventually out here. And that's just the way I worked. That's the way Dave worked because of all that stuff that happened in my life. I spent most of my life running. Most, I might have called it fighting, but really it was just running. And God is saying to me, and God was saying to me back then, you know, Dave, yeah, I don't want your feet to touch the ground, Dave. I don't want you to run. Dave, I want you to grow. When we set out to plant the church, the time had come for me to stop running, for me to stop having my escape plans. The time had come for Dave to grow. And, that, and that's what happened. And that's why I'm here today. That's why we're here today. And, and I am continually growing. And as you know, it's a huge part of my walk with God. It's a huge part of my life. I want to grow. Every day and every way, I want to get better and better. But really, I want to grow spiritually. God says, I know you and I'm calling you. And I want you to know that it's going to be harder than expected. I want you to know that Jesus is praying for you. I want you to be encouraged. And I want you right now to feel me developing and building a spiritual grit in you. Wherever you are in your life today, you can grow. You can do that. Today, God is breathing encouragement into you so that you can endure, so that you can have spiritual grit, so that you can grow, so that you can have hope. This summer of 2020, let's keep growing. Acts chapter 2, verse 40 through 41, it says, Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 people in all. So Peter 
with the others had come from the upper room where they had gathered to pray and wait on the Holy Spirit. And now, coming out of a time of prayer, he begins now to capture the hearts and minds of people, just like God, just like Jesus had spoken to him that would happen. He's the first person to preach the gospel to others. God begins to fulfill his calling on Peter's life. Not because Peter didn't mess up, not because Peter didn't fail, because Peter had begun to grow. Peter had spiritual grit. My friends, let's grow. You know, maybe you've been leading your life up to this point and you haven't seen a lot of growth. I, I say this a lot about one step forward and one step back, or one step forward, two steps back. But when all is said and done, you know, it's just you really haven't seen much growth in you, in critical areas of your life. It's been so much harder than you expected. Today, the Holy Spirit is calling you to Jesus, the Savior who gave his life for you, the Savior who prays for those who follow him. Yeah, I do believe that it can be hard, but it's, I think life's a lot harder than when we don't know Jesus, when we don't have this Savior who's praying for us, who's pouring and speaking encouragement into our lives and enables us to endure. Today, will you say yes to that, Jesus? To say Today, will you take a step forward to growing in your life, to growing towards eternity? Say yes to Jesus. If that's you, you have these words between you and, and, and really your creator. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me, God, of my sins for the way I lived in when I was running away from you. I turn to you now. I want to know you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. I want to trust in you. I want to live my life for you. God, pour hope into me right now. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are growing. And as Nick told me, all great ministry, all great life comes from good relationships. You've just begun the greatest relationship of all, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, if you've come to that place right at the bottom of the screen, you'll see a link, or, or if you're on a tablet or something, or you'll see a text number. Uh, you can activate either one of those. It'll take you to a form where you can complete the form and send it into us, and we will send you out a, a special package. We'll mail it to you, and it's got some really good um, support material to give you traction and, and to get you going with this incredible, life-changing decision you have made this morning. My friends, let's begin to prepare ourselves to live out God's calling on us as a church the time is upon us, right? Let us walk forward into what God has for us. Yes, it's going to be harder than we can expect, but God, our Jesus, is pouring encouragement into us, and he is enabling us to endure. Is he not? Is God not mercifully showing us his power and his glory in our lives and in his church? Let's move forward. Let's run to the battle. Let's build the kingdom of God together. I miss you. I'm praying for you. I'm so glad you took the time to join us today. To God be the glory.